Welcome to episode 581 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Radio team, welcome along to episode 581 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Oz. How you going, mate? Pretty good, Bevan. You need to sack your groundsman. I walked in this morning, got flowers all through my cleats on my bike. First time I've biked up here in a while. It's pretty slippery on that driveway. Yeah, you need to sharpen up your act. Well, admittedly, I've been busy in the last month. No such word as busy. Okay, well, I've been under yeah. pressure yeah. in the last month. And there is a word. Is, there yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. The Oxford Dictionary, I probably <laughs> yeah, won't yeah. argue with you. Yeah, you are. You, you might not like the word busy, but it is a word. But uh, this weekend, John, Sunday. Next week when you come around, if the garden isn't sharp, you can tell me off. Very good. But this but Sunday, it's the end of winter. Spring's just begun. It has. How's your garden looking? <laughs> Pretty good. Oh, really? We had our first spring race of the season and it rained most of the way through on Which Sunday. Which race was that? The duathlon. We'll talk about that later on. Was it JD? Yes. Oh, the JD duathlon. The JD without the D. Oh, he was dead. Seventy point three world champs. Oh, is he skiving off? How's he doing? When when's that next weekend? Is yes. he feeling good? We're going to talk about that today. Funnily enough, well, we probably should. We are a triathlon show. I talk is proudly brought to you by Athlinks social networking for endurance athletes. Extreme endurance. Your extreme buffer. Yes. Yeah. E- exhale. A good way to track your training. And our patrons. Uh, and let's name a couple of them, John. Richard Stinger Ray. Nice. We've got da- um, Duncan Danger Penfold. And Andrew Taylor under the hammer. Oh, Andrew Taylor, I haven't seen him in a while. I have not seen him at the races either. Oh, Andrew is a good man, he is. He's a, he'd be busy with, he's a real estate agent. Yeah. Does the rural stuff. He's a good man, he is. Really nice guy. Okay, and this week's show, we've got some news. We've got a discussion of the week. We've got my first trial. We're going to interview John. We have got Will O'Connor. We have had him on the show a long time ago, but he has done his PhD and also has been playing around with the run walk that you guys have heard me talk a lot about in the past. So we're going to get him on to talk about his experiences with that and probably a bit of the science behind it as well. Good times. We've got a bit of a winger of the week and some questions and answers at the end of the show. Jombo. There's plenty of news this week, and 7.3 World Champs is, is, is big news, but there's bigger news, isn't there, John? There is. There's this event oh. called the Night Run. In, in it's Rote. This was, oh, okay. In Rote. It's called the Night Run. It was, what day? It was on Thursday night. I think it was on Thursday night. I got third. And yeah, so it's Thursday night before the Sunday race. Yes, I'm going Next back year, to defend. there's going to be an official challenge between Ben oh, and Oh, are we going to have a race, are we? I think we should. Oh, you'll smash me. I very much You'll be injured. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that's the big piece of news, is Bevan and I will be going to the night run over at Challenge Road. And while we're over there... We might as well put a camp on, don't we? We might as well put a camp on, so... Rote 2018, I am taught Camp Kier. Come Kahar. back to Rote team. It's going to be awesome. It's so so the, basically, if you listen, and we get so much feedback on these the camp interviews we do, people love them. If you listen to what we did in Rote this year, we're basically copying and pasting what we did this year, really, aren't we? With a twist, because they're going to have the Collins Cup over oh, there. So course. athletes on the camp will get to experience that. And I would imagine... It'll be the best year ever to be there. When the timings come out, in terms of... I'd imagine a lot of the mid-packers will have the Collins Cup athletes passing them on the run, which will be pretty awesome. I know oh. they're going to be on a slightly different course. Well, it, it, you know, the funny thing is, the, the, the appeal of Kona is you've got all the best athletes here. Mm. You know, and the appeal of Rote's always been the crowds, the atmosphere, the history of it. Mm-hmm. Well, now next year's Rote has both. 
Exactly. You know, if anything, probably better than Conafield because you might get some of those 70.3 guys. Uh, yep, and maybe even like an Alistair Brownlee there. You are going to have the cream of the crop. Plus, you'll have all the legends around there, sort of Chrissy, Stadler, um, Dave Scott. Scott, Aaron Baker, Simon Whitfield. It should be incredible so we're going to have we've got 20 slots for the camp um and which that, means you get entry to the race as well yes because the race sells out within seconds uh, if you've got a slot on the camp uh, on the in the race already we'll welcome you along onto the camp but um if you haven't we are restricted to 20 slots so get in touch first first in first serve it's too cheap john it's too cheap, it's too cheap. value for money <laughs> oh if i was if i was the business manager on this one i'd be tripling the price john so you can go to uh, iamtalk.me and down the bottom of our homepage, you'll see a link there off to the camp it's got all the details there we think we arrive on the thursday or friday the week before a couple of days in hippelstein riding around the course here's our camp director from last year joe's just yep. coming through yep. we're yep. going back joe yep she's through some notes didn't she yeah you told, you told joe we're going yeah yeah, yeah. I told her she yep. loves it <laughs> and uh <laughs> and then we go off to regensburg for a few days and then come back to nuremberg awesome experience i so joke that it's true treat but very for money because mm -hmm. it's, it's accommodation it's most of your food it's mm. the training it's, it's the race entry mm -hmm. you know it's pretty it's pretty good like seriously we had a great camp it was mm. so much fun and you, you the, the end of it is you get to do challenge rope which let's be honest is on everyone's bucket list so and if you listen to the interviews from this year you know how special it is i'm looking forward to going back but as john was just saying with colin's cup on top of that but it's not just that like the camp itself organized well it's all that kind of stuff but the camaraderie mm. you know even we've got a little Facebook page now and people are still on there just telling their stories catching up and you know it was really interesting when we were talking to the athletes post camp that I said one of the best things about doing the race was you'd build up these relationships through the camp so on race day you had all these shared experiences mm. and you saw with other athletes out there which you don't normally get when you do a race and so and you're feeling a bit shitty out there on the run you see somebody coming past the other yeah. direction just gives you a little uh, pep up so check it out team you've got plenty of time to train and I did notice for Kiwis there is uh, in New Zealand sale on at the moment as well. Really good one. Mm. Did you got your trip? To, you got your trip to Hawaii, didn't you? Absolutely. It was cheap yeah. ass. How much did it cost yeah. you? It was uh, like nine hundred bucks, wasn't it? Yeah. It's normally like fifteen, isn't it? Uh, sort of thirteen, fourteen. Yeah. I think Europe's eighteen hundred bucks, babe. Yeah, babe. Devin's planning Dude. multiple trips yeah. for next year. There you go. Just on that front, guys. If you want to come along to the camp, go to www.iamtalk.me, and I'll put links in the show note. But it is also on the page. If you search into what part do you search into, John? Just scroll down the bottom. Okay. Homepage. Okay, scroll to the bottom of the homepage and you'll come and join us in right next year. Okay, the next big piece of news, John, is this weekend is... No, no, we had uh, Zoff oh, results. Zoffigan. And we had domination of the dojo. Complete domination. This is a world championships. Now, we know that duathlon is not always um, super, super highly regarded amongst the elites, but Emma Pooley is just a class above. She won by 27 minutes. She wow. should get a bonus for that. So she did 7 hours 21.04, beating Miriam van Regen from the Netherlands in 7.48 and Katrin Ursfield in 7.49. So very close racing for second, third, fourth, only minute and a half covering them. So that would be awesome. I didn't realise Emma was an Olympic medalist. Yeah. Wow, so she was an ex-cyclist. Oh, legend cyclist. Really? Yeah. And then on the men's side of things, you had Maxim... Kuzum from Russia, take it out, very close racing on the guys in 6.31. He was a minute and a half in front of Sepp Odin from Belgium and Soren 
Bystrup from Denmark in third and six thirty-four. So good times. Emma Pooley has won this race multiple times. Four now. times in a row. Mm. And Erica Chomo has a record of seven times in a row. Mm. So she's doing pretty well, but so she's got a few to go. Maybe the weather conditions weren't great, but her I don't know, but her time was significantly slower than what she set way back in twenty fourteen when she rode six when she raced six forty seven. Um, but yeah, when you went about like twenty. She got a time minutes. penalty back because on her on her on the photo of her finish line, on her number she has a yellow line. Yeah. So maybe she got a bike penalty or something? Potentially. Doesn't, I don't know anything about that. That's just purely speculation. Yeah, well, just, a, but if you look at the photo, you do see mm, that, don't you? Could be a lap counter. Could mean, could mean you've done a lap. Yeah, true. Um, oh, they don't want to put lap counters on numbers, do they? They don't. No. Who knows? Mm. John, the question I have is, why don't we get a better field? Because it's a pretty good prize money. Yeah, it is. Uh, timing of the year. Yeah, close to Kona. You know, we're not seeing many Ironman races around this time of the year for the elites. So I think that's probably a big part of it. There's just so much racing on Because you think there's plenty of triathletes who could do this race and be very competitive. It probably destroys you, again, the recovery time yeah. post this race. So you've got to factor all those things in. But these, you know, all these races that we always go on, they have got such history, such legend, used to get such legendary fields. There's just so much racing on now. And <clears throat> yeah, okay, prize money, but would you be better off going and doing an extra half Ironman and being part of a challenge series or something like mm. that? And so you've got to weigh all those things up. Well done. What a domination. She's mm. she's smacking it out. Um, okay, so then we also, over the weekend, we also had Torsten. Thorsten's results talking about some of the past ITU stars. Yeah, so it was inter- interesting weekend of racing. No iron distance um, happening, but we had the 70.3 over in Lanzarote. James Kanama took out the men's race. Uh, but on the girls' side of things, you had Annie Hug from, or Hug from Germany. She used to be an ex-ITU athlete for... Just a fairly short period of time. She was around for a very long time, but then uh, there was a period where she was just crushing it. So it was, I think it was around 2013. So on her ITU results here, in 2012, she won the grand finale of the ITU series in Auckland, started off the next year with a win in Malulaba, then Auckland, got a fourth, a third, a third, a first in Hamburg, a first in the team's race, a third in Stockholm, a first in the German champs. So just that little period there, sort of 2012-2013, beautiful runner, pretty crappy swimmer and often got isolated, but um, during that period there she was an axe and now she's obviously looked like she's turned her hand at uh, doing a little bit of uh, longer stuff and just killed it on the run so Lucy Charles who's won quite a few races of late and is preparing for Kona I think uh, she ran a 129 Annie Haug ran a 118 wow look at the the guys James Kanana ran a 114 second guy 115 third guy 117 so she's right up there with the best, best <laughs> that's guys. pretty impressive isn't it and she won by 8 minutes and they aren't slouches of guys either no. are they no they're, they're pretty good guys so uh, it'll be interesting to see where to for, from here for her and then another interesting result was in 70.3 Cascade I probably pronounced that wrong but Vanessa Fernandez won that and she is a blast from the past she's been forever isn't she well she was but then she's she had injuries sickness and just I think had enough of the sport so she was crushing it on the ITU she for a long time she held the record for the most consecutive wins and when you look at her ITU profile it is ridiculous (laughs) yeah it really is isn't it so starting from around about 2003 it's just littered with ones it's just one 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 three three one five eight one 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 that the stretch she had on the world cup it was 
it was it was it was ridiculous. So who was so was her and Snowsaw at that time? Snowsaw, I would say, was just before that or just after. She got <coughs> Fernandez got second to Snowsaw in Beijing, which was two thousand and four, wasn't it? Yes. yes. London was two thousand and eight. Yep, it was 2004, yep. <coughs> yep. So <coughs> Snowsaw was, I think, just that era before that. So uh, did the Fernandez actually win a world championship back in the days when they just had the race? She, I think she won the, no, so in 2003 she won, she got third in the juniors, uh, whether she won a world championships, I didn't do my P's on that. No. I would, I would I'm imagine. I'm just trying to flip through now and I can't see a world championship win. She would have won the series. Yep. But uh, in terms of the grand finale, don't know. No. Oh, there we go. Hamburg BG Triathlon World Championships. It all starts to get a bit confusing when they started changing the names of things to World Championships, World Series. Now it's World Triathlon. It was mm. World Cup. But she was an absolute demon. And uh, so back doing races and uh, winning, which is cool to see. How old is she now? 85 she's born. So she's still not old. No, oh, she was She was a... a she, she must have been really young yeah, when she no, came She on. came out of the junior ranks and was still, I think, eligible to be a racing junior when she was uh, winning senior races. We did have one challenge race at the weekend, Challenge Walsey in, I think it's Austria. Uh, got shortened a little bit. I saw a post from Mike Phillips and Dylan McNeese both saying it was the coldest race that they have ever done in their lives. Oh, really? So the swim <laughs> got shortened a bit to 1,500 metres, and I think the bike got shortened a bit as well. Uh, Thomas Steger took it out, and Laura Sedell has won another challenge race. So I would imagine she is probably leading the challenge series uh, points. Okay, Challenge Almero is coming up this weekend on the September the 9th, and we just have a quick look at the seedings for this race and the men's Joe Skipper's making the appearance mm, so he's uh, going favourite doesn't he he definitely does so he, um, no Kona for him this year and great race in Roach so we'll see if he can back it up one name I would suggest you keep a, keep a potential dark horse eye out for a guy called Peter Rees he is from Holland as well but he used to race uh ITU stuff, he has, I think it looks like it's his debut, so he might be a little dark horse there to sneak in there. And my, if my memory serves me right, he was pretty strong on the bike, so okay. uh, could be amongst it. And on the girl side of things, you've got to put your money on Yvonne, don't you? Can you Google search and see how old Victor Zemensev is? Victor, uh, is so he racing? He's, he's okay. seated third place, and uh, he has been around forever. Okay, let's have a look. Okay. Uh, Yvonne, what do you guess? What's your guess? I'm going to say he's older than us. I'm going to say he looks 40, old. Forty-three. You're pretty close. He, he definitely doesn't look like a young triathlete. No, <laughs> but great but, career. He's oh my won God. multiple races. He is forty-four. Yeah, and he's still. He looks like a smooth operator in that photo. But look at that photo. He's a smooth operator. <laughs> So he's he's predicted to come in at 8.16, so he's had a stellar career, won lots of races, and uh, good on him. Yvonne Van Lurken is predicted to crush the women's field by 32 minutes. That is a prediction of a domination of a dojo. Yeah. So, although she was a little bit injured in road, so mm-hmm. um, hopefully she's over there and she can actually make the most of this race. Torsten's got him down as, uh, as her 74% chance of winning. There you go. Well, the big race that is happening this weekend is we have the World 70.3 Championships. And like we've been saying over the last period of time is these this race has now become a race that is significant on the calendar. Worthy of a world championship. Yeah, and not, that, not to take anything away from those who won it in the first few years, but it kind of took a few years to really get rolling. And, and now we're at a place where... It's a stellar field, isn't it? It is. So last year we had Tim Reid take it out from Sebastian Kinlay in that sort of sprint finish. They basically came off the final hill in Malulaba and uh, 
it was just an epic run, one of the one of the top runs of all times. And Rudy Wilde came through and actually ran, you know, about the same time, and he was uh, he was only sort of thirty or forty seconds back. So very close racing on the guys' side. We did talk about the girls a lot last week, so this week's focus is on the guys. Tim Reed won last year. Jan Fredino the year before. Gomez the year before that. Keenlay won in two in twelve and thirteen, and before that was Craig Alexander and a couple of years of Michael Raylert. So uh, <clears throat> Sebastian Keenlay. Yes, yeah, so just Michael Raylert won a nine ten. Mm. It's quite a long time ago now, isn't it? Absolutely. You know what I mean? That is that is seven years ago now, seven, eight years. Mm. And we haven't seen a lot of Ray Lurt in the last period of time, have we? He just constantly seems to be uh, on that ro- rotation of just getting injured and coming back and injured and coming back, trying a bit of lot, trying to do Iron Man stuff and not really cracking it. Cracking it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, remember when he. Oh, won there was a the, moment where he was like the man, wasn't there? When he won Challenge. That, yeah, Abu um, Dhabi wasn't it? Or something no, like that? it was was wasn't Dubai. Was it Challenge Dubai? Yeah, or was probably it? was. Yeah, with the big money. With the big money, yeah. he won that in convincing fashion. Um, so Keenlay's ranked number one on Torsten's ratings. Gomez second, Tim Don third, Ben Canute is ranked fourth. Yeah, who's is he? Interesting. He's an ITU fella, um, and just a very good swimmer. Will spank the living crap out of it on the bike. He just does. He shows no mercy on the bike, and. ITU standard, he's not a great runner, but for medium to long course, he will be he'll be able to hold his own. He's not a, a Gomez or anything like that, but he won't uh, fall to pieces. Uh, Sam Appleton six, Michael Raylert seven, Tyler Butterfield eight, and Andreas Dreitz ninth. So, but this is what's great about this field is there's plenty of names on this list here who you know, and most seventy point three Ironman races you're going to talk about. They're not even, we're not even mentioning them, you know, like, A, you've got 50 guys basically racing, but right, you know, you've got, like, um, Tyler Butterfield, you've got Michael Rayleigh, oh, you said Michael Rayleigh, Joe Gambles, Brett McNam, uh, Tim O'Donnell, Jess, Jesse Thorne, Thomas, you know, like, just lots and lots of people, mm. Michael Weiss, you know, James Kanama, so... Trevor Wirtle, like, what a field. It's a great field. You kind it's of, hard to look past Gomez, isn't it? <clears throat> it's very hard to look past Gomez and Keenlay. So I think there's a, a bit of a clear top three in terms of Reed, Gomez and Keenlay. It would be a bit of a surprise if one of those three didn't win. But I would, like you, I would have my money on Gomez, especially because this year this seems to have been his target. You yeah, know, it's been his A race, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, he's really killing it on the ITU circuit. But he's always been talking about 70.3 worlds. So you kind of think... Hopefully he'll be bringing his A game on the bike, and if he can do that, I can't see any of these other guys outrunning him. He's he's just on excellent running form, so I'd struggle to see past it. But you know, if he's not on hundred percent, he's not that much better than the others. Uh, so then you got to think Keenlay has just improved his run so much, and Tim Reed, you know, they just had that battle last year. So that's that's kind of your clear top three. You also got to think about Tim Don. You know, the way that he rode and. Brazil earlier this year. If he can have that sort of ride, you know, he can run with those with those dudes uh, mm. on, on when he's having an exceptional day. And if they're a couple of percent off, um, Ben Canute could change the dynamic of the race because he'll come out in the with the leaders out of the swim or, or very close to the lead. And chances are he'll really drill the bike, so he could be a real ally for Gomez and make it more difficult for the likes of Keenlay and, and so on to actually come through. So that's you know a really key part of the race is what happens when they come out of the swim and where they get enough of a group just drilling it on the bike to try to keep um, Tim Reed and Keenlay out of the race or, or trying to make them have to work so hard that they've got to catch up. Keenlay, you've got to say, he's almost definitely going to catch up 
not 100%, but how hard has he got to work to get there and, and how much easier it is for the front guys when they're riding in a pace line. So should be um should be a great race. I'm looking forward to it. And it should Are you be disappointed with Sanders in the racing? Yeah, but I understand the reasons, you know. Racing, he had the World Championships last weekend, and so he's now, he's now got a world title. It's a bit more specific in terms of his Kona prep, and I kind of think, you know, you've got to weigh up the odds. Has he yeah, got a better... No, I, I get it, but as a fan, mm. you know, as a fan, like, you know, we've got no Sanders, no Frodo, or no Brownlee. Now, Brownlee's out anyway, but Sanders and Frodo in that race... Oh. It would be incredible. Yeah, you know, like, the, and, and that's probably the difference between 7.3. That's the difference between, we said it's really stepped up. It's still not the big draw card mm. because Kona, everyone's going to turn up. Mm-hmm. You know, Collins Cup, in theory, everyone's going to turn up. Yep. This race, still people go, oh, I'll miss it. Yeah. You know, and that's probably the last step the 70.3 champs need to make where a Frodo, a Sanders is going, you know what, this has got to be key. And maybe the timing of this, while it kind of sits well with Kona, mm. maybe it doesn't need to be at a different time of year. Oh, there's no easy answer, but I think where they've got it is as good as it's going to get. If you start going any closer to the middle yeah, of the get, season, you get mid, then, mid then different you, people. You take away, yeah. they'll go. Well, where am I supposed to do an Ironman? So I think this is as good as as good as you're going to get. It's just a pity because there's a fan, a world champ. You want everyone there, mm. you know. And it's just a pity that because Sanders and Frodo, then it's like it's pretty interesting anyway. Mm. But put those two in the mix. Got to applaud um, WTC for coming up with a great course. You know, the bike has got a, it looks like a really challenging section uh, about five miles in. You've got a very uh, long climb, about three and a half miles. And looking, I've, not that I've ever ridden it, but when I plotted the course on um, riding. You go and plot the course yourself? Yeah, well, I got a number of athletes. I was trying to find a GPS map and there wasn't anything. Um, so you plotted so it for, and now everyone's going to use your work? Oh, they can do it. doesn't bother me. Oh, you're a good man. You are, John. <laughs> so I plotted on ride with the GPS and yeah, about a three and a half mile climb at the five mile mark and sort of scrolling along. It looks like it's got some decent pitches of sort of eight to nine percent. So I think that it's going to come too early in the ride to really break the guys field up, especially because... Is it a double lap or just one lap? One lap. Okay. So it'll be enough to soften them up. But because it's so early in the ride, the legs won't be fatigued. Even if you're a little bit weaker, you'll probably go that bit deeper to, to hang in there. So a bit of a shame about the positioning, but it looks like a great course. Do a nice big climb on the ro- on the five miles in, then it kind of rolls, you've got a big descent, and then it looks, you know, the, the second half looks a bit flatter. So The run seems pretty challenging with 300 metres of climbing. It's a lot of climbing. It's a lot of, of climbing. We're so used to... You know, sometimes getting some hilly bikes, but more often than not, we have flat runs. Yeah. But you know, 300 meters of climbing is uh, pretty significant. Thousand feet. That's um, that's going to break things up and make the run very interesting. And but now is it, how's it distributed? Is it just up and down the whole way, or is it very much a couple of big climbs? Uh, well, again, I couldn't find a, a file, yep. so I didn't plot the run course. Um, but I was talking to an athlete yesterday, and I think it's got a mixture of flat, and it's got one really Good decent, decent climb. climb and a bit of rolling in there so it's not rolling the whole way but that could be a really telling um, moment of the race oh yeah very, especially because as much as that kind of climb in the bike may not split the field up it's going to get into the legs mm. and then when you get another little climb in the run it's going to really make a big difference so when is it John? It is well, the girls are racing on Saturday American time and the guys are on Sunday so split and races do you have an idea of time? maybe I should try to find uh, it'd that it'd be pretty reasonable time for us I imagine about, what they start about 9? or they start earlier? yeah so it'll be it'll be um, you know, when we get up, we'll be able to watch it. Oh, good times. I think, I think that, I've got my fingers crossed. I reckon they'll do good coverage given it's in America. Yeah, good times. Okay, other races we've got happening this weekend. These are kind of off the beaten track races. Got the big man. We've talked the about big man. The big man in Prague and the Czech Republic. Uh, you got Challenge Elmira. We talked about the Esprit in Montreal, Canada. The 
Balatoman Firid in Hungary, the Evergreen, we talked about that last week over there in Chamonix in France, and the Altria X in Greece. John, we get we, we get the really good IM Talk gear. And John's actually John's in in, in today. yeah he turned up a supermodel. He actually walked into my lounge, did a walk up the middle, yeah. did a flip turn. No photos. No, well, you know, I just you know, <laughs> I just keep it in my mind. But uh, the team from World Triathlon Store, which is unbelievable, they did this. They've made a video of of our gear it's for us to promote, sharp. and they've done a great. They've got the drone out. Yeah, we had made a video of Budjo is. <laughs> And they've got a supermodel, the, the, the lady modelling it. She's a bit of a supermodel. Yeah. I was pretty stoked about this. And they sent this through. I was like, oh, jeepers, creepers, that's pretty sharp. So if you thought about getting some of the Iron Talk gear, I'm putting on then the go have a look at the clip and you'll get to see it in the flesh. It's always it's always a little bit different when you see it in the flesh as opposed to the images you see online. It's great gear, Champion Systems gear. So it's one way that you guys can support the show. And when you're out there, get a, get a few uh, bit of support when you're out there training. In terms of the racing side of things, they now do have the one-piece sort of speed suit with sleeves. Um, we would say that if you are going to go for one of those bad boys, you want to just make sure, get in touch about the sizing and just ask questions to make sure you do get sized up correctly because I think it is pretty tight fitting. Uh, next time I roll out racing, I'm going to have one of those bad boys. But that might oh, be... Oh, you going to, yeah? Oh, absolutely. Oh, so mate. I currently raced... I roast, uh, raced... You roasted it. Roasted. <laughs> I did roast in Kona and roasted in uh, in Rote wearing the tri-suit there and just wore a long sleeve top over the top. And it's, some people sort of go, oh, it doesn't have a zip at the front, but it worked perfectly fine for me uh, in both those hot conditions, uh, just having the zip at the back. And that was racing over iron distance. So it was a good, good tri-suit to use. Um, yeah, you get that little bit of extra support out there way you can support the show, be part of the community. So check it out on our page. And I say a big thank you to Robert Flynn for yes. doing the video and his supermodel Natalie because they... Is Natalie actually the supermodel? Is well, she? it's got Natalie in the CC, so I figure she's the supermodel. Ned and I were just back from Pendleton today. Mm-hmm. Ten days of a very long event, but I have to say they did it well. I rocked the kid on the bike. So there you go, he rocked it. And uh, Jordan reshot the video. So uh, Jordan's our d- designer we were there with Angela. Oh, maybe it's Goran. And maybe it's Angela Goran. Mm, not sure it's one of those people but um, just thanks guys because it's pretty cool and and you know what it's one of those kits because a lot of kits you just want to help promote someone mm-hmm. but was it was it Robert who actually designed it well part of the team no it was Jordan 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 who designed oh that's right it was Jordan mm-hmm. who designed it because we talked about it a couple weeks ago it's just cool gear mm. you know what I mean like it's kind of those gears that it's just really well designed. So check it out. It's, it's a really nice product. It's pretty cool. So go to www.imtalk.me. And Click on the store button and that takes you through to the World Triathlon store and uh, you get to see the video there as well. And then it's got everything you need there in terms of tops, bottoms, running gear, um, arm warmers, leg warmers, computer cases, uh, fleece, caps, everything you ever need. John. People, the word on the street about telling our camp's already out there. I got an email already. Yep, no, I put it on the Facebook page. I was going to say, because we haven't even released the show yet. Yeah. People. And <laughs> ladies, we have got the pink I Am Talk gear as well. Oh, good times. Pink and pink. Although, our supermodel wore blue. Mm. Yep, she liked the blue. So there you go, John. So you can check it out. Go www.iamtalk.me. John, let's talk about a sponsor. Athlinks.com. Oh, yes. So what I thought I was going to do with Athlinks today was I was going to go... And look at seventy point three champs from last year. Yeah, good so times. Scroll through, find some finishes on there, and somehow I went on there and found that Sarah Crowley is actually on Athlinks. Oh, nice. She has been the most dominant. Take Reef out of the equation because she's an exception, but everywhere else, she's just been crushing it this year in terms of winning and 
championship race in Germany, championship race in Cairns, winning the ITU World Long Distance Races, and a new name on the on the scene. Uh, so we don't really know too much about her. She's racing owner, isn't she? I think I yep. picked her. I think she's in my picks. It's a fairly sensible pick if she's not oh, too tired. Well, I thought it was being a rebel, John. <laughs> <laughs> fairly, fairly sensible pick. And uh, notice that she's on there. She hasn't got any results out from this year, but she's got all her other results. So this is a great way that we can actually go and find out a little okay, bit more so about Tell me about her, John. Her. Great. She, well, she started with ITU stuff and moved on to Iron Distance, but she started way back in her results go all the way back to 2012. No, actually before that, 2007. Wow. Uh, and so she's been at it for 10 years. But I did notice on her website, I went on there this morning as well, that this is the first year she's actually gone full-time. And so the step up has been ginormous. But back in 2007, she won her age group in Noosa. Uh, she also won the Canberra Triathlon Challenge. Fast forward to last year, to sort of contrast last year with this year. Um, she was 13th at the 70.3 World Champs. Uh, she was third at the Asia Pacific Championships over in uh, Cairns. This year she stepped up to first. Uh, and so she had some good results. But it's just interesting to go back a pro, through a pro's career and have, again, all the results in one place over all distances. You know, I mean, she went and did the Byron Bay Triathlon. Those ones you wouldn't find if you just went to the Ironman website. And she was uh, 15th over in Kona last year with a 9.42. So, um, yeah, it's just cool that we've got some pros out there that keep all their results in one place. You can do the same. You might be a pro in 10 years' time, and uh, and then you'll be able to go oh, back yeah, and look at, me. look at all the in 10 years' time, mate. Well, Victor Zmensev, you know, he's still <laughs> yeah, going. Right, yeah. Well, so, let's look at some of his stats. Her fastest Ironman's 9.19. That uh, was her, but up until the start of this year. Yep, and then uh, fastest, and again, this started this year, but the fastest marathon was 2.52. Fastest 10K, 34.30. Fastest nice. half marathon, 119. Fastest mm. five, uh, 17.44. So John, you got you got you know you have to you, know, you said you went there fast today the other day when you went for a I run. was particularly slow, <laughs> particularly so, slow. so cool. So and again, as John was saying, she's got eighty five race results up here. Wicked, yeah, really cool, isn't it? So when you're on athletics, you can maybe search some of the pro athletes out there and kind of make them your rivals exactly. and be disappointed every time you yeah. race. <laughs> check it out, athletics.com. Check 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 it out. Okay, discussion a little bit, guys. Last week we were talking about what do you guys think of the wave starts. Um, and we had some pretty good discussions around this job. Lots of replies. And I was really interested to actually read through. There was such a contrast of, of opinions and, and what people liked and what people didn't like. Um, just a bit of a general theme that I, I, I actually started going through this morning, Bevan, and I had my little uh, box boxes and I was sort of doing my lines and crossing. I was going to tally up how oh, many, okay. you know, front of the pack is like this, but I got about halfway through and it was... Uh, Too much? It was, a bit, it was Not everybody said if they were front of the pack, back of the pack, or oh, middle of the okay. pack, and it was getting a bit hard. Unsurprisingly, um, the front of the Packers preferred the mass start, um, so that wasn't a great surprise. Yep. The general theme with rolling starts is a lot of the front of the Packers didn't actually find them as bad as what they thought they were once they actually experienced one. They still preferred the mass start or a wave start, but and I have the same sort of feelings, the rolling start wasn't as bad as what I thought it was going to be. Um, as we know, the main distraction with the rolling starts is you don't know where you are. You lose some of that buzz at the start um, of the race. On the plus side, it really helps with the drafting. A lot of people commented on that, and a lot of people commented if they were middle to back of the Packers and they were a less confident swimmer, they felt massively more confident going through the swim, and it was a hell of a lot more of an enjoyable experience. In a wave start? Uh, in a rolling start. Oh, yeah, okay. 
Um, the mass start was, as I said, definitely still the way to go for the front of the Packers, uh, but in my opinion, it's still not ideal for the big championship races like Kona and the races where you get a lot of drafting on the bike. It's just ridiculous. So I kind of find it extremely ironic that WTC are rolling out all these different wave starts everywhere, but then they go to the race where it's almost the worst problem with the drafting and they won't roll it out there. So something's got to give in the next couple of years, I think. Mm. And then on the wave start side of things, um, yeah, there was there was wasn't as many people as I thought saying they really liked the wave starts. There was one comment in there from a someone who was a back of the pack swimmer saying, really do not like wave starts because they just get drilled from the groups that come from behind. So I think that's something that you do need to consider. It really takes away yeah, it is, isn't it? the experience. Yeah. I can't imagine. It would be horrible getting swum over by faster swimmers. But maybe with a wave start you could have a last leg for slow swimmers. Yeah, potentially. Yeah, you know what I mean? Stuff. You get everyone in their groups. And if you know you're a confident swimmer, although it does make the time get hard, but you know, you could say, okay, everyone's got their waves. And if you know you're a suck swimmer and you just want to be comfortable, we'll get the last leg and you guys leave after the last, last group leave. Mm. And that way you've got the option for the person who lacks a bit of confidence, doesn't want to be bombarded with the faster people coming through. Because um, you could lengthen the gap, but then it makes it pretty hard for the overall race, doesn't mm. it? So a few of the comments. Uh, Tom Ward, I race myself and coach others. Many of my athletes suffer with anxiety and other mental health challenges but are very strong athletically. For many of the athletes I coach, a rolling start has removed one of the single biggest causes of anxiety they experience when taking part in triathlon. This has transformed their experience in a way that they perform on the day, leading to many improvements in both their process management and race outcomes. On a personal level, as an athlete, I'd rather than a coach, I do not like the rolling start. I'm a front of the pack swimmer and like a tough swim to allow me to take advantage of this, my swim strength. The rougher the better, Lanzarote is my personal favourite. He also makes a really interesting comment there. He went into Dublin 70.3 a little while ago and there he said there was some athletes there that staggered themselves in the rolling start so they would come out of the swim together and then be able to work together on the bike. Oh, really? it's not against the rules. Well, that's, 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 you're playing the game, aren't you? You're playing the game, but he just thought that that was very interesting that people actually It's a really interesting discussion, that. and this may be a different discussion. We had, a, we had Last weekend, we had our, our race team, Epic, which is our half marathon, which is this crazy race. And what we do, because there's real mixed abilities, we've got people who will take an hour 40, it's a pretty hard half marathon, so an hour 40, mm-hmm. through to people who are closer to four hours. So there's a massive gap in kind of range. And so what we do is we actually start them at different times. So the idea is that everyone finishes around the same mm-hmm. time. And so there's kind of an hour gap. So you can either leave at 6, 6.30 or 7. And I'm really anal about not letting people who are fast go early, you know, <laughs> like, and I'm quite hard about it. Yeah. Um, because I think it's unfair for the slower people if you get someone who's way fast starting. And it also just ruins the experience a little bit. We had a couple of ladies who... Just confidence-wise, had never done, never done a half marathon. Admittedly, this was the hardest half marathon. You know, mm. it was a pretty hard half marathon to try on. And but they were middle of the packers. Definitely, they weren't our slower runners. Mm. You know, they were definitely not the fastest, but they shouldn't be going. And they were like, "Can we start slowest because of a confidence thing?" And Joe said, "Yes, they can." And and admittedly, if they come to me, I would have said no. But and but go ask mum, don't ask dad. Yeah, very much. <laughs> and but you know, and Joe and it was cool where they went ahead and did it. But how much of it is this? Just well. If you're not confident enough, maybe you need to improve your swimming. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I get what you, I get the idea that it makes it more accessible, but it is a race. Mm. And are we just dumbing it down? Yeah, much? but then and the other, and I get the other side of that, which is, well, um, um, the other side of it is that we do make it more accessible. 
But in some ways, if we like, you know, my argument, you know, with these ladies, and it was probably the right call because they were a bit nervous and maybe there was deeper things there. But at the same time, that's a part of the experience of racing. Mm. Is that you've got to overcome the hard stuff, mm-hmm. and so if you're making it easier, are you actually limiting the experience that racing could actually teach you in life? You know, because ultimately mm-hmm. it's about life lessons. So I oh know it's just an, it's it's a definitely a hard one. Okay, my, hold on. I've got one oh. other thing from Tom that I thought was really interesting. He said at the Staffordshire seventy point three, uh, it was a great compromise where they had an age group start at the beginning and uh, sort of an elite start, and that's what I would love okay. to see. Yeah. Uh, so if you yeah, looks good. And so, yeah, okay. James Thomas Scott, I did the rolling start with the age group and also with the entire field. I thought the entire field worked really well in Ironman Wales. It was great. Uh, it wasn't uh, by groups of four or whatever. There was a mat at the water's edge and the line just rolled in. Uh, Andreas Wolf, I personally prefer mass starts. However, rolling starts are safer and reduce drafting on the bike, which is a really important point. It's not just about the swim. Yeah. It's also about the bike. Safety first, and he was, is a front of the pack swimmer. Good old um, Adrian Foy Foy Moy. Uh, agree with Xavier, not a front of the pack swimmer though. A couple of quick points. A better spectacle. You know where you are in the race. Stronger swimmers in the later waves don't get pushed by, are punished by having to weave through people, which is a mm-hmm. good point. And also those people getting weaved through, they're being uncomfortable around that. More people around you gives you better draft and better reward for effort. That's it. It feels safer. So I guess it's expected to say. Paul McDonald, uh, rolling start sucks. Too many people that can't <laughs> swim put themselves at the front of the first group. Then you have to go and swim over the top of them. Mass start is the only good, uh, the only the good, confident, strong swimmers put themselves right at the front, saving everyone from the hassle. My experience, at least, I think that there is definitely a good point there with the mass starts. If you're a weaker swimmer, you position yourself at the back. But I have had that consistent feedback that with these rolling starts, you get weaker swimmers that then somehow decide they want to go towards the front. Uh, and that's not good for them and it's not good for the You often get in big marathons, don't you? Mm. Or run races where people who, you know, they give the time markers and people go well ahead and it's like, oh, what are you doing here? Uh, Chris Hitchens got, uh, did Ironman UK a couple of years ago for the first time of doing a rolling start there. Started near the front by the second lap. The back markers were still on their way out of the first turn, boy. The rest of the second lap was just dodging slower swimmers. Nightmare. Mass start for me. Uh, Ian Johnson, uh, never had an issue with the mass, but rolling starts are more relaxed. I was middle, now back of the pack, going <laughs> backwards. So age group places don't really concern me. The worst is age group waves in long races. Unless you get big gaps, you end up um, blocking the fastest swimmers in the next wave and, uh, and just take a pounding. Okay, Vicky Jones, I think rolling starts are safer, but I like to know where I am, my, where my competitors are. I'm usually in the top 10 from our age group. For me, age group wave starts are the way to go. Still safer with splitting this of the start times, but you have a better idea of where you are in the field. One lady who's done lots of racing, Lucy Francis, with 18 Ironman races under my belt and most done in the mass start, I prefer the rolling start. Let's face it, the only difference between a mass start and a rolling one, the clock only starts when you cross the mat. Uh, the fastest swimmers still start at the front and everyone else positions themselves according to their ability. It's common sense, but common sense doesn't always prevail. Mm, no, <laughs> James Bale's got rolling start awesome. I had a shoulder, new shoulder last year, gives me space, so I'm happy. Uh, I'll do one more. I'll do Nadine Voice. She lives around the corner from Bevan or around there the corner go. from uh, the Philinator. Mass starts are way better. And so Nadine, I would say, is more of a middle of the packer. Um, yep. Middle to, 
Yeah, around about yep. middle. Okay. Uh, mass starts are way better. Plenty of space to hang back for those not comfortable in the pack. I've done a couple of rolling starts and you lose a lot of atmosphere. The gun goes off and you're just standing waiting to start. Love the adrenaline of lining up in the water at Ironman New Zealand versus standing on the beach waiting. Swim times are the same but found the rolling starts... Rolling starts, slower swimmers go in early, as we've sort of been discussing, so you're still swimming over people, whereas a mass start, everyone gets sorted out pretty quickly. So what's the solution, John? So the solution, this is the gold-plated... The (laughs) gold-plated solution, is I think having some variety is fantastic, and as long as it's promoted early enough, there's nothing worse than when you've entered the race, and then they go, oh, it's a rolling start, Mm. especially when you've gone from mass start. That's quite a big change they might not realize it at the time but for front of the packers it's like oh really mm. it's a real letdown so i think having some variety is really good um mass starts i think are fantastic at smaller to medium size so events. What, when you say that what's a thousand people like what, like an that? ironman new zealand yep. um is, is what i probably can consider a, a medium-sized race um, and especially if you have a harder bike ride so I'm looking at this from a, a swim and a bike perspective not just around the swim safety and people being comfortable in the swim what impact it's going to have on the bike ride as well so a rolling start gives people more relaxation in the swim plus it's going to spread things out on the bike but it takes away that competitive edge I definitely think at championship races at Kona and other races where you're going to be attracting a much stronger age group field that wave starts are the way to go and you've just got to figure out a way to structure that so people don't get drilled from behind Uh, and I do really strongly believe that at rolling start races there should be the option of having an elite age group wave so for example at Kona this year at the 70.3 I would have much rather have that you know maybe a wave start of I don't know 100 odd people or something at the beginning did you, what, I can't remember what you did did you go right it was to the start just a rolling start so I went right at the beginning okay. and, um, but a lot of people on the camp they would really liked the, wave, the, the rolling start and they had better races because of it what time so frame they, do you have? Uh, they, they just start everybody every was it every five seconds or ten seconds and you, get, you, like you basically go on the line when you're ready it's an age group wave start so okay. they said right 40 to 44 you oh, are the okay. first age group and every five seconds we're starting four of you at a time okay. um, so I really would have much preferred having an elite age group start and then have a uh, rolling start after that for anybody that doesn't want to participate in that and then one thing that we I think I sometimes forget and I think a lot of the front of the packers forget is that not everybody's out there to absolutely drill themselves mm. and uh, and I, I still struggle with that a bit is when I cross that finish line whether it be a 5k, a 10k, an Olympic, uh, an Ironman, a half, whatever, I want to be empty the tank mm. and be rooted but not everybody likes to go that deep and they just like to go out there and enjoy the experience and so what right have we got over those people who want to just have an enjoyable day. So I think we've got to have that happy medium where we try to please as many people as possible. At the moment, I feel that it's kind of swung the other way where it is being dumbed down a bit more and they're taking less care of the, the front of the pack. So, so it seems like the obvious step is to add an elite wave. Mm. It's, it's, it seems but then the question is, let's say you start in the elite wave, but then someone beats you who started in the rolling start. That's what happens there? tough shit. So the person who starts in the elite wins the, the field? No, the person, whoever's got the fastest time. So there's, there's, it's not the perfect solution. Okay. But um, I still think that... Yeah. You'd, you'd argue you'd be an advantage anyway because you're going to swim with a better group. You're going to yeah. ride with better people. Exactly. But, but if you've got some guy who's never done a race before and just wants to it. rock up and do the rolling start... Tough shit, John. Yeah. <laughs> Tough shit. If oh. I was in racing Honda and I finished... 
third place and some dude was winning the rolling start behind me and beat me, I'd just go, well, I should have gone faster. Yep, yep. But then the difference is, because if you've started off the elite field and you're in the lead and you think, okay, I've got this, you might pull off the reins a little bit. You should go harder. Because like John Newsom, you leave it all out in the course. Yeah. Well, there's, there's not a perfect solution. The perfect solution is a mass start and nobody drafts. Yeah, well, well that's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, I did notice this week, Bevan. Well, John, you're slow in your show notes. <laughs> this is what's happening because every Thursday, nowadays, we, we've always recorded on a Tuesday morning, and back in the day, we used to do it after a bike ride. But in the last period of time, when John was doing road, he didn't want to do early mornings. We used to do quite early in the morning, didn't we? Mm. And then, so I picked up a class at the gym. And so now I get up at quarter to five, I work for 40 minutes, I go to the gym, go for a run, then teach a class, and then come home and have a shower, and then John turns up. And so I always do my show prep and do my website before <laughs> before I go to the gym. But in the last couple of weeks, John hasn't done the show notes to a high standard. I've done them on the morning of, knowing that we don't have an early start, I can get up at five. <laughs> yeah, well. I get up this morning, and so I'm about to open them, and we, we use Dropbox, which a lot of you guys will be familiar yeah. with. And I see this updating, Bevan saving thing. I've got, get off... Get off there, Bevan. If you've done your there. work when you should. So. You vetoed my discussion of the week, which I thought was a good one. Well, you, I'm not sure if mine's a good one either. You didn't save it either, so luckily I remembered what it was. Well, 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 it was just week. like three words. Dot, dot, dot. What was it? No, it was uh, whatever happened to, dot, dot, you know, dot. like um, different technologies and things like that. Oh, I thought you were going to be people. No. Oh, well, so I'm, 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 to be honest, I don't know if this is a good one, but I just wrote this in because I thought, well, he needs a discussion of the week <laughs> because he hadn't done his show notes. <laughs> So um, I put, uh, what are some of the outside, um, what are some of the out of the box tools or techniques you use to make your training more fun or effective? So it can be, you know, technology, mm-hmm. but it can be ways you use technology or it can be mind strategies or it can be people or it can be just anything you do. Because ultimately what we want to do is we want to make our training more effective, don't we? And for a lot of people that don't actually train that effectively, mm-hmm. they might be they good at go out there and get out do the door. It. Yeah, like I often talk about it with my gym members. I say, well, you, you're good at turning up, but are you actually delivering? Mm. And, you know, in the ultimate outcome is that we get the best at our training. So, and, and that can be for effectiveness, but also make it enjoyable because um, I know, you know, a lot of people don't like the iPod, but I remember Melina saying he thought the iPod was the biggest technology change or biggest influence on training because it made training enjoyable mm-hmm. and um and so you know for you know for you what are some of those things yeah you know, outside or even things that may be quite traditional as well so yeah. i think it's an amazing discussion great probably best ever right yeah, there we'll we see. go do you want to do a sponsor before the interview uh yep okay sponsor extreme endurance oh, tell me about it john well my shipment has just arrived Your my latest arrived. shipment from uh, extreme endurance so Jeez, kiwis, got a container kiwis and aussies uh, i've got a good stock so i stock the extreme endurance and the immune boost over here so keep yourself he- healthy and keep your legs ticking over nicely also if you're over in the states uh, you can get the recurring delivery and that's going to save you a few dollars we all love to save a few dollars a couple of bucks a, bucks a month you can put towards something else in your life so uh, if you regularly get the extreme endurance you can get that monthly or bi-monthly or whatever along with the immune boost to keep yourself healthy remember use the promo code imtalk20 you get 20 percent discount off your products that works for the dot com and the european sites so bevan during intense during intense training don't just hit the wall with muscle burn and pain no, you don't blast through it with extreme endurance there you go john you blast through the wall you smash all in all we're just uh nervous it's coming to new zealand 
Are they? Roger Waters. Apparently the show is unbelievable. There you go. So, and it, but he probably, if he took some extreme endurance, he probably wouldn't have written that song because he would have broken through the wall. He would have. He wouldn't have been a brick in the wall. He would have broken through with extreme endurance. So there, there you, you go. go. Check, check, check it out, guys. Extreme endurance. There's a link on our website if you forget where to go, but xendurance.com is the place to go. John, we've got an interview coming up. We have. So we've got... Will O'Connor, you're going to hear all about him running some marathons using the run-walk protocol and his learnings about it, comparing it to sort of the Jeff Galloway technique, a little bit of science behind it, and uh, yeah, listen in. Here we go. Right, guys, we've heard about uh, some of my run-walk exploits in the past, but we're going to have... It's not really a walk, but it's more of a run-fast-shuffle. <laughs> you can't keep up when I walk. Oh, out. mate, he's like, he's like Usain Bolt with his walk, I tell you. It's a very brisk walk. We're going to get uh, another perspective on it from a man. It's not quite... We don't quite have a doctor in the house, but we... Is there a doctor in the house? We, we've nearly got a doctor in the house. He's just waiting for the piece of paper. It must be the most frustrating thing. <laughs> so we've got Will O'Connor. I think we've, we've had, we have had you on once before, haven't we, Will? Yeah, we we have. I've been on. Uh, it was after I'd been to a conference on fatigue, yeah, um, and we right. talked about sort of how to better mind train uh, before Kona. Yeah. Was there was the title of the article anyway? So t- tell us just um, for guys that can't remember that. Just tell us a little bit about your background from a sort of an athlete perspective, and also from a uh, study perspective, and where you, where you sort of at. Yeah, so I was actually just running this uh, through with Bevan and I was saying we're sort of similar where uh, after my honours in sport and exercise, uh, I decided, oh yeah, I wanna, I'm a good athlete, I want to be a professional triathlete. Uh, once I have more time to train, it'll be easy. Uh, so I went over to Australia with a couple of Kiwi mates uh, on the Gold Coast in the winter and uh, started training with some, some of the top guys, you know, like Tim, Tim Van Burkle was over there, you see what he does and get in on it and... 30 hours a week and I was uh, just pretty much burning myself out <laughs> um, I would have would have been better just to stay as an age grouper but anyway at the end of that year I was pretty well burnt out and decided you know this isn't really for me I think I'm gonna get back to study and uh, so started my PhD in uh, at that time was just an emerging topic of low carb sports performance and low carb endurance performance and yeah, uh, you got on that one, but it was a good one to pick, wasn't it? it oh man, it's, yeah. yeah, it really was. Yeah, um, well, it is yeah. it's still a, a hot topic, and it's good to have the knowledge. Um, I don't know. I try and stay away from talking about it, and when people say, "Oh, what do you what do you study?" You sort of just go, "Oh, nutrition and sport," because <laughs> when you start opening that door, you start writing diet plans for people. And, oh, really, really, and, uh, and everything. So, uh, no, I sort of talk about it when I need to (laughs) (laughs) and um and what you know you obviously so you've you've come on a bit of a a running mission in the last year um what was the motivation to sort of a go out there and run fast see what you can do for a marathon but more specifically what sort of got you on to trying run walk uh so the running thing, stepping away from triathlon, it was just it was just getting too much. So I did an Ironman, I did the Penticton Challenge one a couple years ago, and uh, so that was my first Ironman. It's big challenge and everything, and just the total build up of it, as you know, all the listeners, well, not all of them, but ninety percent of them are going to know. It's all consuming, mm-hmm. and. When you're training for an August race in New Zealand and you've got to go out and do a four-hour ride and then a two-hour run and it's nine degrees and it's raining, mm. that's what you do. And um, so it's just sort of, I couldn't, 
afford to just start using that much taking up that much time when i was trying to write a thesis and also work with some of the um athletes that i do so i thought okay i'll i'll do an ultra <laughs> uh, <laughs> as we do you know it's not going to be oh, i want to do i'm going to take it light from an iron man do yeah, an ultra yeah so uh signed up for the talpa ultra 100k and um that was yeah just really i slowly weaned myself and bevan i'm not sure how you did it but weaning yourself off a triathlon yeah. you think oh i don't want to give it up i'm going to lose all my swimming ability i'm going to lose all my biking ability so you sort of but then as the 100k gets closer it's like oh man i can't i can't afford to not to run not to run yeah. so then built up the running and then once i had my miles up my times were just dropping incredible so i thought all right time to target the uh target the marathon um did you enjoy the 100 oh, i loved it you did yeah um a lot more than the ironman why um just the it's you can stay in one place in terms of a mental state okay. you can stay in the zone um you can you're you're the variables are a lot less you know you can control the controllables a lot easier triathlon there's just you know there's flat tires there's drafting packs there's mm. um the different nutrition there's um just the sheer distance um so and the trails and the people right from the start i was running along talking to people you know mm. it's uh, i met a lady is a she was doing a PhD as well, and you know oh, we're right. having those sort of. You're not going to have that chat in a 3.8k swim. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, uh, and it was yeah, it was dif- a different challenge, but it is similar in terms of the last two hours of the race. Um, but as I said, I think it's easier to control for, um, and definitely easier to train for. What about on the body? Because the idea of running long like that and training long like that, I know the intensity's not there, so maybe it's yeah. not as hard, but on the body what was it like uh so are you comparing it to an iron man you yeah, mean maybe yeah yeah uh i was a lot more banged up like um i couldn't well i couldn't even walk afterwards um and whereas in the iron man i sort of i felt a bits a bit and had cramps and and things and uh but otherwise could keep keep moving pretty Mm. well um if i needed when i could run when i wasn't cramping i could run um in the last sort of two hours i was i was shuffling it was i went from i wanted to do under 10 hours i did just over 10 hours um so i was under six minute k's up until about 80 k's and then dropped to sort of like Mm. i think it was 723s average um it's over trails but still yeah um and i was i was wrecked I was really wrecked. I wasn't even that motivated to train, um, and yeah. Back back to the run walk there. Oh, sorry, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. sorry. So um, obviously Jeff Galloway was a guy that I guess got a lot of people thinking about run walk, but but often more I guess from a training perspective and for I don't know maybe for what a lot of us would seem maybe slower people as opposed to the experiment that I've tried and, and you've tried, you know, we're at more at the front front end of the, at least the sort of triathletes runners, and not necessarily comparing us to runners, we get spanked, but compared to triathlete runners, um, we're sort of more towards the front. So how, how did you sort of, the training you did compared to say what Galloway did, both in, for training and racing, how does it sort of compare? Yeah, so Galloway, um, I'd come, I'd, stumbled across i'd heard your run walk thing and then i'd read some of galloway's stuff um and uh bobby mcgee i think has has done a bit of it as well so it was in building up for the ironman where i 
where I first tried it out. I biked down to Wellington from Palms North, which is, I mean, the long way is close to 200 k's. Next day, uh, ran a 2.55 um, and did the run walk. And I, it was one of those cases where I had it all planned out. I'm a sports scientist, had my Garmin, had it all loaded up. My Garmin's flat oh, no. oh, in the morning. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God, what am I going to do? So I thought, okay, well, every aid station was around four kilometers or so. So just walk the aid stations and approximate a minute. Um, did that and man, I just, I killed it. I, you know, I was, who knows if I could go under three hours after biking for, for a 200 k's the day before. Mm. And it was the big difference for me was the the back end. You know, I just had I had the energy the next day. I felt I didn't you know feel anywhere near as banged up as a previous marathon. Um, so then, yeah, uh, I sort of left it for a while until I came back to the to the running side of things and thought, as a sports scientist, put that hat on and said, why, why, why would it be faster? How does it sort of apply? And Jeff Galloway had for faster runners, and he only has data sort of up to um, sort of a, a 3.30 okay. marathon, yep. and <clears throat> I want to run significantly faster than that. And he was saying 6 minutes 30 and 30 seconds um, for the running and then the walking. And I thought, nah, 30 seconds doesn't offer a lot of recovery. And in terms of if we're just looking at the mathematics of it, um, something like that, you, you're going to have to run so in order to run sub 240, which I wanted to do is, I think it's around uh, two, uh, 346 minutes per kilometre. Yeah, yeah. not sure what that is in miles. Yeah. Um, but you're going to have to drop that down in your running segments yeah, down to just over 330s, wow. which is big jump. Big, big yeah. jump. Whereas yeah. if you're looking at a four hour, um, you're looking at, I think it's around five minute 40s, dropping down to five minute 30 somethings, mm. you know, so... That's not a big jump. Yeah, 10 um, seconds of the difference is massive, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, it is. And I, th- in, there's no way I was going to run 3.36 um, for for six and a half minutes and then try and walk. So uh, the real, then I thought, what are, what are we looking at? What are we trying to achieve by walking? And uh, in terms of flat marathons, which my ones were, you're trying to break up the physiological and psychological demand of just the repetitive motion um so your brain sending neurological signals to your muscles to engage and propel you in a running motion and in a flat marathon that's repetitive you just you're just doing that over and over again Mm. and that's where you get fatigue okay you have to start to slow down um and there's also the cardiovascular demand and the um sort of your heart rate increases and in order to maintain blood blood flow to ever engaging muscles, because mm-hmm. as you exercise more and more, your slow twitch muscle fibers start to fatigue, so you need larger engage larger muscle groups. Um, so then, if you walk, you stop you stop all of that. You use different muscles. Your heart rate lowers. Uh, you're able to uh, absorb nutrition better, and even psychologically, you you can break the marathon up into chunks, into chunks. yeah, yeah. Um, so that's where it all sort of fell into place I guess that was where the, the thinking behind it came so what, what did you end up or what was your sort of trial and error and what did you end up in terms of your ratio for run to walk so what I did when I did 
Auckland. Rotan Auckland and um, is I was doing 12 minutes on, 45 seconds off. Um, that just kind of worked to me in terms of getting that balance right between how fast I needed to run <clears throat> uh, while I was running versus the average pace I was trying to sustain. So what worked out for you in terms of the ratio? Uh, for me it was 19 and 1. So <coughs> running 19 oh, minutes. Oh, wow, so it's quite a big jump. Quite, yep. quite a big long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is it is quite long. Mm. Um and that seemed to sit well uh theoretically. And what with, pace did you have to sit at? So that was I think it was 38, 39, three three thirty nines compared to three forty six. Okay. Um which so is it's not is, quite three yeah. it's not at three thirty kind of Yeah, 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 it's not and that's still five seconds slower than mm. if I was doing like six thirty and thirties. Mm. Um yeah, and that it really, when I mapped it out across the distance, across the times, you know, it sat really well with um, allowing four hour or four and a half hour runners to, because when you're running, I don't want to say that slow, no, slower, yeah, 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 slower, yeah. Um, you got to allow yourself to get into a bit of a rhythm and get a bit of distance under your belt. Otherwise, you're just walking every sort of couple kilometres. Mm. Like you imagine running a sort of four and a half hour marathon. 12s and and um, 45 seconds that's uh, you're I mean, only gonna six and 30 you know like yeah yeah, yeah. so every yeah. time you blink yeah 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 then you're only going to be doing a kilometer mm. before you have to walk in it's just that's not practical um so 19 and 1 was what i um i trained i so i got this because i trained around 14 and 1 um but my average pacing was just it was too slow I couldn't I couldn't run fast enough and then um also the benefits were, were there like I was recovering well I could maintain a fast pace wasn't dying near the end um so that was where 19 and 1 came from and as your walk like John's walk like seriously John's walk as much as I give him shit about it it, it is very much a fast shuffle it is yeah yeah, yeah. It's it, not a it's, walk. no you're not you're not dawdling yeah um and I'm not Part of that stems from you don't want to lose time mm. and this is this is a big thing about the run walk when you say when I told people and they know I'm a fast runner and they go what? you're an idiot you know you're going to lose that much time you're not losing time you're still moving forward mm. um, so it was a total of six minutes that I walked um, and I'm not losing six minutes I'm probably an average pace side of things you know I'm losing two minutes mm, um, like gaining the top end at the end yeah, yeah 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 so when when you're looking at it don't look at it as though oh okay if I do 19 and 1 or 14 and 1 or whatever I choose to do, I'm going to have to walk eight times. That means I'm going to lose eight minutes. Mm. You won't lose eight minutes on if you're comparing average paces. I th think my average walk must have been somewhere between eight and ten minute kilometres. Is that what yours was, John? I can't remember, but it's, uh, it's, you, it's, it's, it's pretty brisk. You should yeah. aim for ten. And yeah. that was what my calculation. Oh, really? So done ten off. minute pace. Yeah, ten ten minute walk pace. Yeah. Oh, okay, so, so you're I think fast, it's six, six kilometres an hour. So why ten? Oh no, that I that was just for easy maths. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Nice. Um, and do you change your gait much when you're walking? Like um, like Bevan said, you know, one of the key things that I sort of focus on is trying to flatten my feet a bit um, so I'm not sort of having that drive through so I'm trying to save my calves um, and your experience what, what when you're walking what is your sort of main things that you're trying to focus on uh, the main things were to take a, first of all it was a psychological you know it was a mind body check mm -hmm. 
how was that segment? Am I running too fast? Do I need a drink? Um, so it was a good reset. Yeah, yeah, really, really good. And that was part of. Um, and then, secondly, it was okay. Let's let's calm down. Let's focus. Um, and it was. I didn't focus so much on how I was walking. Um, it was more just because what I ended up doing was uh, in Hawke's Bay it was every aid station. Mm-hmm. It ended up there were about five k's, which was about nineteen minutes. So drink stay calm um and the big thing i don't know if you notice this but when you do your first walk you really tempted to just run just you mm-hmm. know run catch back up to the guy or girl oh okay who, so the, who, okay the targets who, you've been working around yeah, yeah yeah you know um because it's really funny i ran off in the hawks bay and i was maybe uh, fourth and fifth or fifth and sixth or something running next to the sky at first aid station and I just and everyone's in, you know, oh let's go come on yeah. and then I just stop and walk and yeah, they all just sort of just, even for yeah, yeah, they yeah. just looked at me and then a couple couple of the lead females ran past and um, and that sort of repeated so it's itself. the ultimate trust really isn't it because you know it's big yeah, yeah. it it is uh, especially when I was maybe around halfway where I could no longer see um, third fourth fifth place and uh, in that race there was prize money mm, okay. <laughs> and yeah. then I saw my fiance and she was like oh keep going well done <laughs> so it's just like oh, afterwards oh, I didn't want to tell you how far back you were yeah um but I, if you if you've read the blog or seen it you know I ended up second place uh which so uh, that proved that by trusting it it was actually yeah, a good strategy. yeah yeah it was um and it, it, it is you, it's yeah. such a big and people saying oh, I can't I can't can't do it um it's a big commitment but you s- how many people end up walking at the end of it mm. or, or and how much are you slowing down or that you know, yeah yeah, yeah. Um, which uh sort of getting ahead of ourselves but that's what happened in the in the running one mm. uh, so so you, you're just about to say that is you did two races so you did um two different marathons one you did the run walk one you just ran straight so maybe talk us through those races and then post race what you sort of found from your data and stuff in terms of maybe heart rates and and things like that okay so yeah hawks bay was was first up and that's a point to point where it starts uh, around marine parade for those in napier those who know the area finishes at selenia state winery um in Marikako, just outside of havelock north um and I'd done the race the year before and completely blew to pieces. I was trying to run to time, trying to run a yep. big mistake uh, because we had a headwind oh, and okay. it's point to point. So yeah, you have a headwind almost the whole way yeah. and conditions were similar this year. And I thought, well, this is, this is perfect. I, so I, I, just, I had to adjust my time, which is another thing a lot of people make mistakes in mm. that I knew from the year before, look, I'm not going to be able to run sub 240 here. We're going to have to drop it to, I don't know, maybe 43 or something. So anyway, and the plan was run the aid, run to the aid station around 19 minutes, 5Ks, walk for a minute, uh, and just went about doing that. And those guys ahead of me, just you could tell they were running to pace. And I thought, look, when you're running into a headwind, everything's just a bit harder, mm. but it it's a, the first half of a marathon. You can still do it. Yeah. You know, you can yeah. you can push that little bit more. Um, and yeah, I was about five minutes. I was in fourth, about five minutes down on second and third. Sam Wereford, who's <laughs> it was a little bit of a dojo domination. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was uh, already finished when I was through halfway. Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So 
I wasn't worried about him. Yeah. I was once. Like second was the best. You know when you turn yeah. up and you see that guy on the start yeah, line? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, well, yeah. Can I get second? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, and just pushed on and typical uh, event aid station map. You know, it was I was planning for it to be at around 30 kilometres and it was at 27. Yeah. Uh, so because I wanted to run the last quarter – um, to a third is worth just running. Yeah. Um, by that stage, you've done. You've you don't done need what. To you, save yourself. You, yeah. yeah. You don't need to save yourself. It's better just to keep the momentum that you've got and push through. Uh, so that came a little earlier than I was expecting, but anyway, pushed through. Took it in my stride. Just ran, and then got with. Um, must have been about ten eight kilometres to go. Saw my fiance again. And I was. I was pretty hurt, and by that stage, I was like, "Where are they?" She goes, "Just up there." Like, oh awesome so came through and then it was about around four three and a half kilometers i i saw both second and third and just as just hit it and you know even still into a headwind i was able to run under 19 minutes for the i besides sam um yeah. i had the fastest last 5k and the fastest last fastest 5k segment of my my race oh wow um, well it's saying a lot then isn't it yeah yeah it is um and those guys yeah their race compared to my race was how you, how I theorised it would it would play out. They just completely fell apart mm. um, due to overexerting themselves. Mm. So then we go five weeks later into Wellington, um, little better conditions, um, and it's uh, it was sort of an out and back race. Have you done that one? No, I know of the course, but yeah, and, and, yeah, and it's, I don't know why they have it at that time. Of year. <laughs> Wellington at the best of times, but yeah, yeah, it's. Yeah, so we were, we were on for a, for a good day, and um, so it was national champs, and I wanted to run the whole thing because I also knew that I'd get into a bit of a a pack, um, oh, okay. which which can help. Yep. Uh, and so yeah, running along and pretty much it was all going really well. Pacing was going really. Um, I pride myself on the on my pacing, mm. <laughs> um, and so pacing was going really well, and then. I wanted, I was like, this is it, I'm going to go sub 240, I'm really, and we got into the last sort of 10 kilometres coming back from uh, the St. Pat's uh, town yep. there, uh, and that last, and it was headwind, and I just, I was just falling apart, mm. it was, I went from running, you know, uh, 340, 345 down to four minutes okay, well. um, for the last and ended up with a, a 42 43 i think okay. and that, that was where i lost all of that all that time and that was the the big difference so i ended up faster ended up faster than hawks bay but conditions were a bit more favorable um so when we looked at it you know in terms of heart rate and i i used a stride running power meter which should really take any of the wind and elevation or any change and those that data was pretty much the same except for that last Okay. Sort of five ten kilometers where I where I slowed hugely, mm. um, so I think when you look at it um, objectively, if you are really good at pacing yourself, I think it's about similar. Um, it's for those faster faster end guys um, because it's not it's not a strategy that's going to have you run ten minutes faster. If you can run three hours and that's sort of what the goal you're aiming, you're not going to end up going. 250 or if you're going for 330 you're not going to go 215 um sort of thing you are it provides it acts as a safety net okay it stops you from going too hard because as i said 
you walk and you can mentally check in. How was that? Jeez, I'm a bit tired. I'm a bit tired and it's 10Ks in. Okay, well, maybe we should make this segment a bit slower. Um, and, yeah, if it's a headwind or if there's undulations, it really just it allows you to recover a little bit. But then if you are someone who's very diligent at your pacing, you're, you're confident in your abilities, then if you pace well, I think you would end up around the same time. But it seems like what you're saying is so you're kind of saying there that, you know, if you're a wise racer, either strategy is going to get you pretty much around the same time in your race. Yeah. But it seems as though the Hawks Bay race for you mentally in the last part was a lot easier. Yeah. Yeah. So you'd have to, I'd have to run more. Um, it, it's mentally challenging going into a race knowing you're not going to run yeah. the, the whole thing. Uh, but within it, within a, a really hard race like that where the wind's just blowing in your face the whole time, mm. having breaks was really good. But then with the Wellington race where it was national champs, there was more runners around my ability. Um, I finished 10th overall. Um, we were, I was able to run with people, so you're able to feed off them. Mm. Um, and also you have a few more targets just ahead of you. Uh, so, but, so I suppose now the big question is, in your next big A race, what do you go with? It's a tough one. Uh, I'd have to look at the... So I'm doing the Talpo Ultra again, and that I'll definitely be incorporating. But let's look at a marathon. Like, if you're going to do a marathon again, and it's like, you know, like Wellington, which is kind of obviously your key race, do you go with the run walk, or do you go with the run? I'd have to do a bit more... I'd do a little bit more in the training to see if I can hold some of those... Faster paces. Faster faster paces. um, Because... I just I felt so good over that last ten kilometers. It was like, wow, this is this is something else. And I was still running really fast, mm. and I felt so bad over the mm. the last ten. But then the, I suppose the question is that, that the next discovery for you is is, is like if I do that faster paces, will I still feel good in that last five? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So it is a mystery, isn't it? It's a discovery kind of process, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. But yeah. for for like when I did the. So I had done um, when I rode down to Wellington, did that race and run walk. I. I did it again the year later or later in that year. I did K2, which is almost 200K cycle race. Yeah. And then the Wellington, uh, the Auckland Marathon. (laughs) That was the one you, (laughs) I saw you there. You were walking back. That's when you had the bad day. (laughs) (laughs) He did a lot of walking that day. Yeah. That was a walk walk. (laughs) Yeah. John, I was running, running along and John's walking back yelled out to me, I'm going to watch the All Blacks. <laughs> it, was the, it was the morning of the final, yeah, yeah. the World Cup final, yeah. which we won. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I abandoned the the run and walk. You oh, know, okay. I, I didn't follow my, I thought, no, there's, there's, I've, I've got it, I've got it, just got to run. Like, there's a bunch that's going up the road, I'm, I'm going with it. And the amount of pain I finished in was oh, really? excruciating. Yeah, mm. I... So Ironman and a slower marathon, I think, it's, it's for sure. So for Ironman, you do believe it's the answer? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah for Ironman. And, what, and 19-1, like what kind of, because you're a bit more fatigued going into it in Ironman, so what kind of time frames would you think would be better? Yeah, really I'd look at the aid stations. Okay. Um, that is your best place to walk. That's your, it's, you know, there's no point sort of, sticking to a schedule if it's going to have you walking one minute after you've just thrown water all over your face mm. <laughs> or it's spilled a gel down your mm. top yeah. um so when then you can look at that and sort of maybe work backwards from there 
um, maybe walking every every second one or then you got to look at the train so but yeah I would be I would be looking somewhere between four that somewhere above 10 minutes something like what John is, was talking about with his 12 and 45. Yeah. So any other science side of things that you sort of played around with at all? You mentioned the stride um, power meter there. Did you do any other sort of testing or anything like that or looking at heart rates or anything like that? Uh, I did look at heart rate, uh, more so in training, mm-hmm. um, and I was getting good, good recoveries. I was able to drop, and that was sort of helped me decide – that that last quarter, last third, you could just run because my recovery wasn't wasn't happening. I was, you know, in the first stage, maybe for me, I was running somewhere around 160 um, heart rate beats per minute um, for the first 5k, and then got walk and dropped down to 120, 125, which is sort of like your ideal recovery. It shows that you're really recovering well, mm. and then that gets down to the point where you know six six run walk segments in, so about 30 k's in. You're pretty much getting no recovery. So there's no point. Yeah, there's no yeah, okay. there. Um, your legs are also a bit tired. So what are you really? What are you achieving? Mm. Um, also, at that, that point, does it mentally hard to get back up? Yeah, it. it well, I, gets, I definitely find. Yeah. I found that when I did Auckland, um, I did keep the run walk going all the way through. This is the Auckland Marathon, and in the last ten k's. I was actually losing time, if, and I would have been better off run, running straight through there because there was a guy that I was running with. We were running the same pace. I'd walk, and um, yeah, it was not giving me a big advantage. Once your legs are shot, I think it's time to abandon through. it and uh, and just get through as best you can. Yeah, that's the momentum mm. shift, I think, um, and in order to overcome the momentum to get get up and going again. Yeah, at that stage, yeah. Well, you've got some pretty fancy gear on over there. Give yourself a plug. Yeah, he's got lots uh, happening. Performance yeah. advantage. That's yeah, what we need. That's all you need. <laughs> so you've got some fancy gear there from Sweden. Maybe just tell us a little bit about um, what, you, what you've got going on and, uh, and a bit of plug for your website. All right. Yep, so I have a, a business with my supervisor, Professor Steve Stannard. Uh, we have Performance Advantage. So that's where you can read up on a lot of the stuff I've been talking about, get in contact, we're on facebook and instagram and i'll put a link to it in the show notes awesome uh and then alongside that uh, i'm working with a swedish company selming uh running and sportswear that uh importing distributing around new zealand so jump on the website selming.com and if you like any of the stuff just flick us a message Sounds cool. great. So yeah, again, the website they do coaching, they've got camps, they've got seminars and sports science as well. And obviously, these guys know this stuff, so a good good crew to check out. Awesome. Thanks very much for your time. Well, all right. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks. Come on, mate. Okay, John. We, 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 that was a good interview. It was indeed. Probably life changing, but we haven't actually done it yet, so we don't actually know. But I'm sure it was. Well, we'll, we'll I haven't actually met Will, but I will soon. You will have met Will. Well, I will have met Will, but not now. <laughs> we are living in a dim- another dimension team another dimension okay John my first try is tell that me a about song it. or did you just make that up that's a song okay play right. calls attention in another dimension where you go I was entertained by this this morning when I was doing my show notes while you were off uh, yeah, well, yeah I wasn't in my show notes <laughs> <laughs> my first try by Nate Filers or fillers. My first try was in 2012 when I was a freshman in college at Illinois State University. Nice. I completed an indoor triathlon. I don't count that as my first because it was an indoor one to see what the sport was all about. Because I competed in a collegiate race, I was then automatically qualified for a USAT collegiate nationals a few months later. 
It's a pretty easy qualification. However, I did not plan on going because my team had a full squad of seven males and I was not ready for an Olympic distance race at the time, so I did not train or prepare. Two weeks before the Nationals, one of our teammates was ruled ineligible and a spot was open to me if I wanted it. Of course I took it, but I knew I was in way over my head. I knew nothing. For two weeks, I spent as much time as I could learning about triathlons. But as you know, experience is the biggest teacher in our sport. <laughs> two weeks, I love that. I've got two <laughs> weeks to learn everything about triathlons. Missed a couple of points, as you're going to find out. <laughs> I was told I needed a wetsuit. Okay, check. Went to the local outdoor shop and rented one. I had a bike helmet. Check, check. Running shoes, of course, check. Before I knew it, we were on our 12-hour trip to the University of Alabama. Now, skipping ahead to the race. Everything I had was in transition and I was now pulling on my wetsuit. I looked around and noticed that my wetsuit looked different to everyone else's. Mine looked like overalls. It had clips to hold on <laughs> over the shoulders and big knee pads. I'd rented the bottoms from a scuba diver's wetsuit. Oh well, too late now. Bang, the cannon went off and I was in a washing machine of athletes. Another side note, I was a pretty good baseball player in my younger days, but there is little to no crossover between the sports. I'd never swum 1,500 metres in one session, bike 40Ks or run. 10Ks. Now I was doing all three back to back. So here I was swimming in a river. Where was I going? No one told me about this. How am I supposed to know um, where I was going? I guess I left my head out of the water. My wetsuit was also turning into a parachute so I unclipped the shoulders and pulled it to my waist and let it drag behind me. Oh my god. To this day I have no idea how I got through the swim. Out of the water on the bike went okay. No pacing strategy. I had no strategy in general. Uh, super slow up the hills. Flew down the other side. That was fun the run was all right as well my only goal was not to walk i walked though no nutrition knowledge no knowledge of any sort at the end of the day i completed the course two hours 57 36 swam 35 biked 121 and ran 53 all in all i had a blast and didn't finish last uh, i'm still not a great swimmer but i fall in love with the sport and i've now completed 27 triathlons 370.3s a 50k and a marathon and I hold a bachelor's in exercise science, and I'm currently working on my master's in exercise physiology. Oh, wow. Got his USA Level 1 coaching certificate, and um, he'll be coaching people to make sure that they know what wetsuits to be wearing. Um, <laughs> and he's working towards a thesis. If anyone's got any ideas, let him know. Thanks for an amazing show. It helps long trainer rides in cold Chicago winters. Got to say, the thing I love about these My First Try stories is most of them are pretty terrible experiences, aren't they? Yeah. But something about triathlon appeals to people to make them want to, 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 to like explore it further. Mm. And uh, yeah, like it's just, you know, because it's what an interesting experience, but then you, you get that spark, don't you? Absolutely. I do remember in my first try, I had a, a slightly similar wetsuit experience. I went and hired a wetsuit from a windsurfing shop. And, but it was a sleeveless one, um, and so it did have one strap over the shoulder. It did fill up with water, but I certainly don't think it was anywhere near as bad as that experience there. So welcome to the triathlon world, and Nate, and uh, good work on your career thus far. Okay, John, let's do Wanger of the Week. This right, week, what, 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 what number? What number? What number are you going to give me? I'm going to say, have we done three in a while? I don't I've think we've done three in a while. No idea. Okay, three. Okay. Okay. Number three, number three. What's number three? High speed on the bike. Right, Here we go. See. Here we, we go. Somebody who's left hundred and four. Oh, that's just rubbish. That's just rubbish, Nate Every. <laughs> nice. You're rubbish, Nate. We don't believe you. We're Sean Ralph, eighty two point eight. That's believable. As in t uh, Tim Tate. Why, why, why do you think it's rubbish? People can go hundred k on a bike. Yeah, but 
that is extreme circumstances. Okay, let's see if I can find the ride. No, you can. You just click on the ride. Yeah. So here we go. Where do I go, Nate? Um, how would I find his ride? No, you just click on that one, and he, he's in. He's in oh, Boise on Idaho. Okay. What was the terrain? Uh, it doesn't look extremely hilly. Because if, if if he got it, Nate, you're a rock star. Mm. But if not, you left. He left. He sped home in the car. Left the speed on. He only went twelve point nine miles. <clears throat> Maybe he just went to the top of the hill and rode straight down. Mm. Yeah. I do. I am suspect of anything over hundred kilometers now. It is possible. What's the fastest you reckon you've done? Oh, in the nineties. I remember getting to ninety and being pretty shit scared. Mm. Yeah, hundred. <laughs> you need to be on a very straight road, very steep, and be Smooth extremely as well. good cyclist. So on the girls' side, things Pam not Morris, fifty nine k's an hour. Rachel Cunningham eight fifty seven point two, and Amory Watson fifty two point two. And Tim Tate. Took out third in 81.4. Why is it that girls don't go as fast? That's an interesting question. Mm -hmm. Because it's the same skill. Yep. This is not... Are you being a sexist pig? I have met very few females that go down hills fast. Is it just a confidence thing, maybe? I think it is. Mm, interesting, but because you, you, in theory, it should be pretty similar. Mm, if, if you and it's same. a big difference, thirty k's or twenty k's. Mm. You know, so yeah. Anyway, the boys have got the need for speed. Need. I had a mate called Fraser, and he was he was he was a speed freak, very good skier, and a very like he raced in extreme games, so he was a very good skier and loved just pushing things to the limit. And the amount of times he went around corners, and I think, mate, you got to go off the hill. <laughs> 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 I was I was ne- I was never I wasn't a wuss, but I wasn't going to push yeah. the limit. And he, God, I, I couldn't stay behind him. He was just a nut bar. Okay, John, sponsor. We're exhale. Put a clip in. Oh, exhale. Here, here's exhale. Train Exhale is a triathlon-specific coaching and training platform created by triathletes for triathletes. Save your training for race day with Train Exhale. And we are back. Exhale, John, just quickly. Cost-effective way for you, whether you're a coach or an athlete, to keep all your training in one place. Upload all your GPS files, have great communication between the coach and the athletes. You can they've got really like their sort of um, layover features where you can, you know, go and do the same workout a couple of times and have a really good comparison all on one screen. So they've got a 30-day free trial and pricing-wise, it's uh, only 299 euros a month, 479 US or 449. So price-wise, it's a good deal. Have that good relationship with your coach, or otherwise, if you're just an athlete, self-coach athlete keep all your training together in one place and actually as we were talking about before you know rather than just being an athlete that actually goes out there and just does it there's a certain element to that um, but sometimes you know you really got to want to knuckle down and actually see how your training performances compare over time then this is the place to do it so check it out trainexhale.com good work okay guys questions and answers we've got a plug for body by judy judy so i just want to plug if anybody's going over to kona and you need to get some massage check out bodybyjuliet.com she helps us out on our epic camps oh, she, she is awesome masseuse over in Kona and there's um, there's the odd average one over there um, but Juliet is awesome so if you do need to get a, a massage especially if you're going early she gets booked up really heavily before the race but if you're going over a bit earlier as well she will still have some space so check it out tell her that we sent her your way um, sent you her way you, you her way um, but great masseuse and uh, and not one of those masseuses that goes really, really deep and leaves you, you know, like you can't walk for days. Real nice combination of, uh, you know, medium 
massage if that's what you want. If you want to go deep, you just tell her, but also some really good uh, active movement to, to loosen you up. So check it out, bodybyjuliet.com. And also if you're over there outside of Ironman time. Michael Rowe just sent through a, a, an email just saying, I thought your listeners would find this interesting. This is a friend of his who raced Ironman 70.3 Zell. Zell and Say, and I Zell didn't notice that, but they actually cancelled the race um, midway through. So I know we had it because we, we talked about the athletes that won it a few weeks ago, but I didn't realise um, the swim is solid uh, over there, but they have a really nice challenging bike course with a big uh, climb on it. And then they had thunder and lightning on the rain with a result the just before on the run, before we hit the finishing shoot, the race was cancelled midway. So yeah, very similar but to it sounds like it was a bit of a, a Mickey Mouse way because it seems like they, they said, look, hold on, we'll come back, and it didn't really happen. It was a bit all over the place. You definitely empathise with the race organisers, so it sounds very similar to what happened at Ironman Texas a few years ago where in that circumstance they paused the race and once the storm passed you could kind of carry on. So it's not, it's a yeah odd way of doing it. So I definitely feel this guy's pain in terms of not being able to finish the race, but unfortunately, because I am a race director, you do kind of have to make safety first. And if you have paused a race, it's kind of... Well, half the people didn't finish. Mm. He was very upset. He got very upset with the way Ironman handled the situation. This is poorly managed and handled. I am Texas and other races. A good example that you can make the last-minute changes to keep athletes and volunteers safe and let people finish. But we weren't there. We don't know the situation, but it's one of the really hard ones, isn't it? Absolutely. Mm. Okay, John, patrons. Sean O, the porno bar. Oh, Sean O, the porno. Mm. Uh, Mark Steely Thatcher. And Andrew, the Stormtrooper Gilmore. Uh, if you want to become a patron on the show, you go www.iamtalk.me. You get to come to Kona next year. It's going to be a big year for us next year, John. I know. I'm going to Kona in May as well. So uh, actually, Kiwis as well. I am still plugging my, my Kona camp as well in May. As Bevan said, airfares at the moment. I, I even upgraded, got the extra leg room. Um, oh, what do you mean, like the exit row? Yes. Oh, uh, nice. So I can have a bit of what a... What does it cost you? It was an extra 49 bucks. Oh, that's pretty good. For a long haul. Uh, yeah, for, for Auckland to Kona. It's worth doing, eh? Yeah, especially when it's an overnight... Because it's a 11-hour flight, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, overnight flight. So 900 bucks return New Zealand. That's so ridiculous. Great deal. And that was with the extra leg room. So if you want to come over to the Kona camp, I have still got um, a few spaces on that and you get to experience that. Then we'll have our Roach camp in and then we're heading, a few weeks earlier this year. You're not putting a Kona camp for... Um, I don't think so. At okay. Ironman time. I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, so, and then we will be over in Rote. Rote this year is a little bit earlier. Last year it was on July the 9th. This year it's July the 1st. Uh, and then we'll be off to Kona in October. So if you want to support us getting to Kona, become a patron of the show and we produce the best. The best the, content out there. The best content the out island. there. There you go. Um, sponsors... Athlinks.com. Social networking for endurance athletes. Extreme endurance. Your lactic buffer. Exhale. Um, a good way to track your numbers. And our patrons. Those are people who are legends, John. What's your goss, John? Give me your goss. Uh, Holy Hammer sent us a picture of... Oh, it uh, came off his bike. What happened there? Oh, no, no, another one. So he, he needs to get some more I Am Talk gear, actually. Yeah. Uh, Holy yeah. Hammer, because he came off his bike and ripped it all to shreds. Yeah. Um, but his skin saved the same... Stayed pretty safe, uh, but he had a picture of the, of the grinder going into the pool the other day. Didn't get the side profile, but she had her swim cap on, standing in queue outside Pioneer Pool, ready to go in. Yeah, I, I'm not putting it on the website because I haven't got her permission. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> if you allow me to put it on the website, I will. But I'm not going to. I'm not just going to get Murray's random photo of you standing outside the pool looking like a stalker. Uh, no, I'm not going to do that. So, grinder, if you're happy for me to put it up, I'll put it up. But if not, I, I understand. Had the, the next race of the JD Duathlons at the weekend, and it was one of those awkward situations where the weather was pretty crap. 
Did, did, was, did it keep lots of people away? Less so than I had anticipated. And we did even have a couple of late entries. But it's one of those ones, it, it, these are fairly small races, but it's still a real pain in the ass to cancel races. Um, Why? Just because you've booked the traffic management, you've got a lot of outgoings, and then how much refund do you give people yeah. and that sort of stuff. It just becomes real messy. Yeah. Um, and but it was one of those things. If it, if it was forecast to rain, what time of day was it? It was in the morning. If it's forecast to rain fairly heavily, I'm cancelling it. Yeah. Um, but the forecast was the odd <laughs> passing shower. Where was it Saturday or Sunday? Sunday. Okay. And I was like, oh yeah, no, I think we'll go go ahead with that. And it did look like it was going to be okay. Driving out there in the morning <laughs> at about six o'clock, it's a fairly heavy drizzle. Going, oh god, this is going to be miserable. As it turned out, it was on and off drizzle it was pretty bloody cold um, but no we had uh, I think we had 95 entries and nice. 70 people finished yep. so um, it was okay but it was was a bit miserable and uh, I heard your running's going amazingly well running's going fantastically well <laughs> yep I'm on fire I can't even <laughs> it's up hold, two minute cases isn't it <laughs> I can't even hold my marathon pace I tried to do a hard I was going to do a hard 5k on Saturday because I was thinking about doing this 10k this weekend um, but I don't think I'm going to do it just because I did this 5k and I didn't even finish the 5k, I did 3k, I was going so crap I couldn't even hold my sort of best case marathon pace and it was hurting, again the weather was Scheisenhauer, uh, but it's not a good pleasant experience coming back from being at a high level, taking a good... You can you can begin to intensity pretty quickly. Oh, I'm okay, I'm a... Good. Season professional. Season mate. professional. I was, I, was, I was somewhere I said, Dad, someone's talking you up. I said, oh, that's crap. <laughs> no. So <laughs> the running is, uh, I'm, I'm just starting to get into a groove of actually running a bit more consistently. It is a bit all over the place at the moment. And I am going to talk about my running plan when we've got time on the show in the coming weeks. But uh, yeah, it's taken a bit of time to get back into a groove. And it's not fun, as you guys all know, when you're coming back from a really good level where yeah. you're just pumping it, to coming back and going, Man, I can't just running at Ironman pace. Yeah, and I've done that after 180 k's. That's a struggle just to go out and run at that pace. Yeah. Anyway, you'll be back. About, enough about my sob story. You'll Kevin, be back. What's happening in your world? What's happening in my world, John? That's a good question. Um, still loving the election. <laughs> Love the I election. I'm hooked on the over election. the election. I'm hooked on it. Still got what three weeks to go? <laughs> three weeks to go, John. Oh, it's going to be the best three weeks of the year because I'm still loving the election. Um. Band's going good. We're going back into record. Mm-hmm. And John, actually, book out the, all the listeners. You, you've often come over from Camp Kiakaha. John always wants you to come to his races. 23rd of December this year, you want to be at the Spates Ale House down BLF. <laughs> premium. <laughs> premium. New Zealand's premium live restaurant bar. Yeah. Because there's a band called I See Tomorrow, a.k.a. Bevan's Band. And uh, we're going to be playing live, John. Okay. We've booked a gig. It's ten dollars at the door. We're going to make some money. Really? So I'm going to be a pro- professional musician. So you'll be out in that. Room. There's a, a conference or a room out the back. I don't Will know what the heck's happening, John. All I know is that I see tomorrow. Yeah. So we're, we're we're going back into the studio to record. We're going to be recording another few songs. So we'll, we'll probably have ten songs recorded. Maybe oh, twelve. Okay, it's the door knocking. You oh, carry on. Oh, okay. oh okay. Iron Russ. Simon, don't train hard, train smart. Keep oh, wait a second. I'll, I'll tell the story, team. And so we're going to be doing going live. John's going to get well. And uh, yep, so it's pretty exciting times. And I'm going to be playing the band. And John's left me. It's, it's never quite the same when you're talking by yourself. But that's a very exciting, team. And one thing I'm going to do is once the songs are recorded, we, what we want to do 
is because we've only got 10 songs and we think we've got a couple that we think are definitely the ones we want to be promoting first. Will, come on in. Come on in, take a seat, mate. We're just finishing up. Uh, so we've got, we've, I'm telling the story here, John. We've got a, we're basically what I'm going to do, because we've got about 10 songs and we've got one song we want to, you know, you want to try see how you can go, mm-hmm. put on the radio and stuff. So <laughs> we want... Oh no, we want to, we're going to be big, John. We're going to be yeah. massive, bigger than the Beatles. But um, so what we're going to do is we're going to say to go to a group of people and say, "Here's our ten songs. Download them, listen to us, and tell us which one you think has the best chance of being a radio hit." Mm-hmm. So when that's ready, it's probably going to be in a couple of months. We're going to ask you guys to contribute and come and listen, listen to songs about ten times, and then give you feedback. And John, I know you're going to be up for this. Yep, I'm going to be listening. All day long. And also, you've got to make sure you lock in the 23rd of December. December? Yeah. Two days before Christmas. Oh, wild night out. You're gonna have Cancel to, your holiday, John. You're going to have to do a, li- a Facebook Live so we, people can watch them around the world. Joe could be in charge of Facebook Live. I'll tell you, John, there'll be millions of people on there. And then all our listeners that probably aren't going to... When I'm, when I'm selling out Wembley, mm-hmm. you'll go, you'll go, you go, you, where we go? I met him before he sold out Wembley. There you go. Yeah. Mark this day, 5th of, uh, what are we in? Bloody yeah, September? September yep, yep, bloody September. <laughs> We're yeah. in bloody September. Anyway, let's wrap it up, John. I'm Russ. I'm you know, Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha.